on this episode of keeping it real let's get real happy motivational monday my little crystals it's a great morning and it's a great day to be alive we are walking we are talking we are breathing and if you're lucky enough you have hot water Let's dive right into it. Happy Monday. Money's always about the motivation, baby. And I'm here with someone who has been motivating me with her inspirational story and growth of sobriety. Today, I would love to welcome my good friend, Nicole, to Keeping It Real. Welcome. I want to pick your brain. I have so many questions, and I truly can't thank you enough for being here and not giving a fuck to be vulnerable with me. Before getting into the thick of it, because I can talk to you for days, I thought we'd start with your personal journey. Can you share a bit more about your journey towards sobriety? Hi, everybody. My name is Nicole. I am here with Thomas, or as I know him, TJ. I have known him for my whole life. We grew up together in the same town. I haven't seen him in about over a year and I was propositioned with the opportunity to come and speak on this podcast about sobriety and faith and living true to yourself. And as of today, I am currently one year, three months and 28 days sober. We no longer look in the future and say almost four months. It is today. It is present day and we stay present around here. I like the sound of that. Being present took me a long time to sit in my own energy. It's so uncomfortable. And I don't know for you, did you just all of a sudden become present or were you jumping out of your skin like me the first couple weeks? So I never really understood the idea of staying present. I was in treatment, locked up in an institution for 43 days. And even throughout the 43 days, they would always say, stay present. Today's a new day. Stay present. And I would literally be screaming and being like, I am here. I am present. What do you mean? And it didn't happen until probably about eight months of sobriety where I realized that staying present wasn't a physical thing. It was a mental thing. It was emotionally present. It was not future tripping or not looking back. Um, I always say that you can look back on your past life but you can close the door. And closing the door doesn't mean that you're completely eliminating it. At the bottom of every door frame is a little opening. And whether that door is closed or open, you still get that little bit of light. So the little bit of the past is always shining through in the door frame in the little, little opening. So you can close it. You can never talk about it again, but you still will have to be reminded of what you were, where you were, who you were, but you don't have to live in it. Close the door. You're giving me the chilies throughout my whole body and you're 100% right when it comes to sitting with yourself, being present is a practice, especially for my ECF clients, energy connection to frequency. It takes sometimes three to four months before they can really do a session for over 30 minutes with being in a state of hypnosis. Once they get past that threshold, that's when they can really start sitting with themselves for 45 minutes, an hour. I even have a client that does an hour and a half, and I absolutely love doing sessions with her because she's so present and getting so, many, so much information from Source and her guides and the bigger battery. All it has to do with is sitting with yourself 
and not getting yourself to think of other thoughts. I remember going to IOP myself and there was this one thing that you made me think of, what grows in the dark dies in the light. Mm. And I think you've been saying about the light always kind of having a little stream to say, you know what? I sent so much love. I send my goodbyes, but I don't wish them any wrong. I wish them well. You are now making that circuit be pure where it's not a burnout for you. It's not a burnout for them. So guess what? In three or five years, everything is temporary. You might meet this person and you already ended on good terms where you can actually pick up, not where you left off, on a whole new page. Let's switch topics really quick because I really, really want to know and I'm curious if faith played a part of your sobriety journey or what you think of faith. Are you faithful? What is faith to you? So I've always had a very complicated relationship with faith. Growing up, we were, you know, coached that faith is found in the church and things like that. And coming from a Catholic family, I never really practiced any of those ways or anything like that through my adulthood. Uh, So I never really had a clear idea on what my faith was. When I went into treatment, I had zero faith left in myself, zero faith in my abilities, zero faith in my strength. Through sobriety and through treatment, I've slowly grown to realize that faith is what you make it. Everybody's faith looks different. Mine looks like faith in a higher power, whoever that may be, a guiding light, a guiding spirit. I think there are several people that I look to that are no longer here with us to guide me. And I see these different people and different aspects of faith throughout my day to day. Even if it's just me crossing the street and there being no traffic, somebody allowed that to happen for me. I do believe that I need to believe in something and have faith in something to keep me powerful and to keep me strong and to keep me going on this difficult but joyous journey that I have been on called sobriety. And it has been the most rewarding, beautiful place to be. But I wouldn't have been able to get here without something or someone or the combination of the two to guide me and pull me out of those dark places when I didn't see the light and to show me that the light is always available. You just have to be there to look for it. Stop giving me chilies throughout my body. Faith is like believing in something, even if you can't see it right in front of you. I think it kind of is like trusting that the sun will rise tomorrow, even though you can't see it happening right now. And patience is a big key to sobriety, as well as consistency. Do you feel like you went through a little turbulation for your consistency? Or how did you show up every day to make sure that you were on top of your sobriety? Well, excuse you, because I quite literally just got a tattoo on my forearm that is the sun rising. Shut up! <laughs> you can't make this shit up! Spirit is so strong! It is here. It is present. Believe it. Uh, <laughs> but I honestly, I turned to myself for consistency. I had to dig deep within. One thing that I've learned and I've been taught is that we look at ourselves or I look at myself, I'll speak for myself, as an onion. There are so many different layers of the onion. And as you peel them back, you get more and more in tune with who you really are and who you are at your core. And once I started learning all of the things that I'm capable of and who I am and the actual belief that the core of me is beautiful 
And that's where I want to be is at that core, the person that I know I can be, the person that I've always desired to be, not the persona of who I was in my active addiction. When I see sparks of that woman, that is what keeps me consistent because I know that she lives there. Sometimes she's just hiding and I just have to do the things that allow me to discover who that person is and allow me to be able to love who that person is because I know that she is great and she has always lived within. It was just about finding her. Okay, your new name is literally Shrek or Fiona. You could decide because you literally are an onion. And when I think of onions, I literally think of that movie because they literally are an onion themselves. Between having a big presence, stench, that's your vibration right now. When you are sober, you are so fucking stinky, everyone can fucking smell you. And you want to know something? When you're in that vibration, it becomes sometimes intimidating for those because 90% of people are living in low vibration, are living in their addiction, are trying to escape the fire. You know what? I've seen many times clients come and they're about to run through it. And then they say, you know, I'm going to go back. I'm too scared to run. Run through the fire. You're ready. Believe in yourself. Don't give up. That image of seeing you as your highest self is always going to carry you where you need to be. Tap into the bigger battery, tap into your faith and tap into source. As I always say, the only way out is through, so run through that fucking fire. (laughs) The energy is so high in here. I'm going to have to switch up the topic again. I really am curious. Can you share some experiences or examples of obstacles that you actually faced during the way of overcoming your sobriety? We all want to know. Obstacles. Where should I begin? Combination of thinking maybe I belonged in a psych ward versus actual rehab, Uh, maybe even driving to three different states just because to get away, and also uh, being cheated on for an entire relationship. That was probably the biggest one. Somebody stood through me through treatment, and I come home just to find out he's got a whole nother bitch, and I was the side piece. That was a real shocker. I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm going to have to. I really want to actually reframe this for you. And I want to pose this. Do you think that he was cheating on you? Because I believe we're all reflections of each other. So they're only going to reflect what you are at your core. Do you think because you were cheating at life, everything else was parallel to that? So not only were you cheating your sobriety, but now you're actually getting cheated by friendships, jobs, money, opportunities, and now actually manifesting that into your relationship. I just wanted to say that because I always like to bring it back to us. At the end of the day, we are the ones that have control. There had to be some induendo or knowledge in knowing that this person is not for me, but you still stayed with them because you knew you were holding on to something. And maybe you didn't realize that it wasn't him necessarily. It was this old trauma that you never let go and processed. Absolutely. There were so many things wrong with the person that I was, which then led me to date somebody who was not the right person for me. I always say in my sobriety, I would never be with anybody that I was with when I was active. I was 
a great drinking buddy. I was a great time. I was wild in bed all because I was trying to escape who I really was. I was not being true to myself. So therefore I was not dating people who were compatible to me. I thought that he was there for me. I thought that he was the one. And then I got sober and it quite literally sobered me up real quick, slapped me in the face. And I recognized that that is not the type of person that I need to be with. And that is not the type of person that I should be with if I want to continue to grow as a human. That is somebody that will keep me stuck in the way that I am. If not, make me drink again. I want to help you bring back even more power to you because you are so right in every facet. And I want to pose this to you. And I'm going to play a little devil's advocate. I think you're talking about yourself. I don't think you're talking about him. Can you blame him? Because at the end of the day, you didn't put yourself first. You didn't choose you. So how can someone put you first when you weren't even putting yourself first, Nicole? Not you calling me by my first name, really meaning business here. You are so right. You just opened my eyes to a whole nother realm here and a whole nother perspective. I was not putting myself first. The only thing that I was putting first was my next drink. And that is all I cared about. I didn't care about myself, how I felt, what made me feel a certain way. If it made me feel like shit, that's it. All I needed was the emotional buffer to forget about it and the emotional buffer being substances. And I didn't care about myself. I didn't care about myself enough to have somebody around to care about me. But now here we are. I am my top priority. My internal peace and happiness is number one. So therefore that will take precedence to everything else in my life. So switching back into putting yourself first, how do you see people showing up for you? And not just people, people, places, and things. Now that you are sober and now that you're coming back into your power and remembering who the fuck you are, what difference do you see? Do you see that people are showing up for you because you're showing up for yourself? Do you feel like friends, your friendships have grown to more of a trusting, deeper connection? Are there more authentic relationships throughout your life now? Or do you feel like you really only have yourself? Yes. At the end of the day, I think that when I show up for myself, the universe in turn shows up for me. I was in a dead-end job that I said, you know what? I am not getting anything from this. I'm coming home crying every day. Don't need that. Left that job at the end of June. I got offered a beautiful opportunity in a new career, entirely shift change, but something that I feel is so meant for me and my soul and who I am. And that would have never happened if I hadn't trimmed the fat, the employment fat. As far as friendships go, when you get sober, you realize that things will change because you have different relationships with different people that are based off of different like interests. And some of those relationships either strengthen or again, the fat gets trimmed but it all is because you are now focusing on your greater good and what is best for you to become your best self. And unfortunately, some things happen and you can't get it back, but they were never meant for you in the first place. You heard it here. Trim the motherfucking fat. No, how, no matter how juicy that bitch is, I'm telling you right now, there's nothing better than that sweet meat of a filet. And that filet, my dear, is that ass of yours. And let me tell you, I'm getting that fucking filet every time. We like it raw, undercooked, and naked. Because that's the only way you're going to get real with yourself and your soul to make an impact not only on the people around you, but your own life.
Nicole, I love talking to you. You're so whole. I've never seen you in this light before. You're turning me on. I'm so horny about you. I don't even like girls. And again, horny! Just seeing you in your light makes me want to stand even stronger in my own light. I just want to ask you before I let you go today, is there any tips that you can share for those that are starting their own sobriety journey? Some very basic tips. Number one, you are your own best friend. You are strong. And the most important one, the only way out is through. You have to get through everything in order to see your way out of it. And you are strong enough and you will do this. You just have to believe in yourself. That's the name of the motherfucking game. You have to believe in yourself. If anybody's struggling with sobriety or addiction, know that you're not alone. Reach out to me or Nicole on any social platforms at Thomas Edward with two D's because two are better than one. And Nicole, what's your handle? At Big Deal Dola. Ooh, because she's the biggest deal. Don't forget to write a review. Leave your comments. I want to hear from you little cuties. It means so much. I want to continue to cheer you guys on your way and give you guys virtual hugs. When in doubt, don't forget to crystal it out. And Nicole, any last thoughts for you? Final thought would be don't ever think that you've missed out on your opportunity. There is an abundance of opportunity in front of you. Start today, start tomorrow, start next week. Whenever you want, whatever you see fit, you start. It is never too late to start over again and be the best version of yourself.